So he leaves. This is I, I've I've watched him this whole time for the past thirty minutes. He leaves where he's standing, walks over, you know, ten yards to over where his bag is on a table, and pulls out one business card, comes back and gives me the card. I was the only person in that line that he gave a business card to. Welcome back to One Visit Away with your host, Kevin Fitzpatrick. This show focuses on true stories of philanthropy in order to understand what it takes to succeed in major gift fundraising. Listen to these stories, and you'll realize you're just one visit away from a transformational experience for your benefactors and your organization. If you've listened to this podcast for more than 10 seconds, you know that my entire goal is to get you to schedule more visits. Most major gift fundraisers fail in this industry because they do not do the difficult, scary work of scheduling visits with the right people consistently. The majority of my success in major gifts came from constantly seeking to become as effective as possible at scheduling visits. I read tons of sales books, watched YouTube videos from sales experts, and studied Jerry Pandas' materials on the matter. On top of that, I practiced. The things I learned from experts gave me the confidence to actually make the calls. Today, I have a great resource that I highly recommend you download. Greg Warner from MarketSmart, this episode's sponsor, has put together a guide to help you schedule more visits. It's titled, Top 10 Tips for Landing More Meetings. Not only does Greg run a company that enables major gift fundraisers to be more effective, but he is a successful entrepreneur that has scheduled countless meetings and been on the receiving end of many people trying to schedule meetings with him. He knows a thing or two about this subject and provides 10 great tips, starting with a quote from someone you know I talk about on this podcast all the time, Jerry Panis. Greg is the real deal, and this guide will help you schedule more visits. Go download it now at imarketsmart.com forward slash more meetings. That's imarketsmart.com forward slash more meetings. The bonus tip, number 11, is my personal favorite. Let me know what you think. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to One Visit Away. Uh, yeah, super excited to be back this week. Uh, last week, we had an awesome guest with Dr. Russell James. If you haven't checked that one out, uh, give it a listen. Really great episode. And uh, also excited we got two great guests coming up uh, that I'm really excited about. But until then, I have a solo episode for you. A um, couple quick stories on a very specific point. So when I first learned about this, this had to be 2015 because it was back when I was living in the first apartment I moved into right after I graduated from college and I didn't have you know I got the like the cheapest possible uh apartment it didn't uh there were no laundry hookups in the in the apartment itself so you had to like you know go down through the parking lot and put your quarters into the into the machine so I was I was doing this uh, this laundry run, like walking through the parking lot, you know, switching it out, whatever. So I'm doing this whole laundry thing, and I'm listening to a podcast. Uh, it was an episode of The Art of Manliness, uh, which is an awesome podcast if you've never checked it out. But anyway, I'm listening to The Art of Manliness, and he's got this guest on Chris Voss, who was the lead hostage negotiator for the FBI. And he wrote a book, I've talked about it once before in this podcast at least, 
uh, that's called Never Split the Difference. And it's about just all kinds of negotiation tips um, based off of the things he's learned, uh, trying to save people's lives and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, he shared in the podcast a really compelling story and a technique that I don't, he doesn't go into as much detail in the book as he did in this podcast episode, I don't think. But I, I just loved this example he gave. And I can't remember who it was. Again, forgive me, this was like seven years ago. But um, he was, so at the time, Chris was, uh, I think he was teaching a class at a university. And he went to an event where there was a really famous, uh, really famous person who was going to be at that event. I don't remember who it was. It was not uh, President Obama, but let's just say it was for uh, my, you know, hypothetical example here. (laughs) So anyway, you know, President Obama is at this event. Once it's over, you know, everybody wants to go talk to him or insert whoever famous person you want. And so he he wants to go meet this person just like everybody else. And everybody that wants to go meet him has a request. You know, they, they want to ask some sort of favor. It's like this is your one shot to be in front of this incredibly famous, uh, influential, powerful person. And, uh, and so everybody is going to ask a question where they hope they're going to get the answer uh, to be yes. So for example, like, uh, Hey, like, could you, uh, could you sign my, you know, book here? Or can I take a picture with you? They really want him to say yes. And, and that's fine for like really simple approaches. But what Chris did when it was, you, you know, everybody gets like 20 seconds in front of the person. So what he did was he used an approach where, you know, he describes this as, as getting to know, and instead of instead of getting to yes, which everyone wants to do, he recommends you you get to know. So anyway, I'll stop I'll stop talking about the theory and I'll get right into the story, and then I'll explain why it's so effective. So he goes up to President Obama again. It wasn't actually him, but someone really famous. Uh, similarly, gets up there. It's his turn, and instead of asking a question, he wanted him to go speak at to his class. And instead of asking, "Hey," uh, would you, would you like to come speak to my class? Like, I, I'd love to have you do that. Or would you do it? Instead of asking that question, he said, would it be a completely ridiculous idea for you to come and talk to my class for 30 minutes? And he looked at him. He thought about it for a second. And he said, well, no, it wouldn't be a completely ridiculous idea. Let me put you in touch with, you know, this person here who does all my scheduling. Anyway, uh, you know, he got the person's contact information and wound up speaking to his class. Again, it was not actually President Obama, but someone very, very famous and powerful that normally you wouldn't get a yes to that kind of thing. Now, let me go a little bit into why this is effective. And uh, (laughs) forgive me, this is not my... Uh, go read his book and listen to that podcast episode if you want to know a lot more about it. But essentially the idea is people are so conditioned from years of like slimy sales techniques and stuff like that to feel that if they say yes to something, they're, they're giving in. It puts them in a, 
in, in like an inferior position. You know, for example, there's all that nonsense about how like, uh, what do they call it? Like the yes progression or the yes ladder or something like that, where it's like, if you, if you can get someone to say like, you know, two or three yeses in a, in a row to like smaller asks, when you hit them with the larger ask, like to buy your product or whatever, they're inclined to say yes. Um, stuff like that, uh, I think has contributed to why people are, they don't want to say yes to, to a lot of requests. But when someone says no, it puts them in much more of a position of authority. They feel like they're in control. And, and so I'll, I'll give you a couple of instances where I've used this, uh, after, after listening to that. And again, this is, this is one of my favorite things about listening to podcasts about reading books from people that know what they're talking about on a particular issue is that look, not every single thing you're going to learn from somebody is going to be a hundred percent applicable to what you do, but it at least gives you, at least what it does for me is it gives me reason to believe that it might work. And then it gives me the confidence to go out and try it. So, so this is what I did. I was in a similar situation. I was at an event uh, I'll keep it fairly, fairly vague, but I was at an event. Um, there was the CEO of a massive company. I mean, like, like top 100 largest companies in the U S kind of thing. And every same thing, every single person in the room wanted to go talk to this guy. And he was very generous. He just stuck around for a while and talked to people. But you know, I imagine many people in that line wanted him to say yes to something. But what I did, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to set the stage to schedule a visit with this guy. So I go up to him. I'm, you know, I'm preparing what I'm going to say. I get in line. After like 30 minutes, finally, it's my turn. So I, I get up to him. I take a chance to say, hey, this is what we do with the organization that I work for. Would it be a completely ridiculous idea for me to fly out to your city where he lived and you know meet with you for 10 minutes to, to have a conversation about what we do. And he thinks about it and he says, well, it wouldn't be a completely ridiculous idea. And he says, well, I don't, I don't know if we need to do all that right away, but, but look, this is what I'll do. He said, let me get you my business card and you can reach out to me. So he leaves. This is, I, I've, I've watched him this whole time for the past 30 minutes. He leaves where he's standing, walks over, you know, 10 yards to over where his bag is on a table and pulls out one business card, comes back and gives me the card. I was the only person in that line that he gave a business card to. Now, um, who knows? Maybe everybody else in the line got what they wanted to, but I thought that was pretty cool. And now anyway... I never wound up getting the visit scheduled with the guy. Um, I reached out to him a few times with no response, which is not, you know, untypical at all. And for a variety of reasons, I mean, I, I had so many prospects that, um, and his city was particularly difficult for me to get to. But anyway, uh, I never wound up getting the visit scheduled with the guy, but he did get me that business card, which I think was a pretty big, it was at least effective in some way. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Next example, I've, I've done this before in asks and I don't recommend you do this frequently. This is definitely not my preferred way of asking, but, um, 
there's a but basically what i'll do is in, in certain instances i've only done this like five times in my entire career but in certain instances if for whatever reason i do not feel that i'm fully equipped to know how much i should ask somebody for but i'm going to ask them for a really big amount um a more effective way of doing it than usually what i would do is just hey bob i'd like you to consider a gift of a hundred thousand dollars to our organization to our organization it can be more effective to say you know what i did in in one particular instance I, you know, it was the very end of like getting close to closing out a campaign. And I sat down with this guy and I said, you know, hey, Bob, would it be a completely ridiculous idea for you to consider a gift of $100,000 to our organization? And so he thinks about it again. He says, well, no, it wouldn't be a completely ridiculous idea, but that would account for about 50% of all of our giving uh, in a year. So I probably can't do that much, but I'll let you know. And so he wound up thinking about it, wound up only doing 25000 that year. But um, the point is, is that, and again, these techniques are not to ensure that like you get what you ask for. But what it does is it puts someone in a position, a lot of times when we ask for a gift, we'll say, I'd like you to consider a gift of $100,000. They come back, yeah, I'll, I'll consider it. And then they let us know, well, here's 25000 And And the, the difference in these situations, I know way more information now. So when I ask it in that way as a question where I'm hoping them to get to know, it puts them in a position of authority and they can start sharing more things. So now I have way more information. Before, both instances, they might have given $25,000. But in the instance where I got to know, he shared with me, well, that would account for about 50% of all of our giving in a year. So now I know they give away around $200,000 a year. So way more information that I have so that moving forward in the relationship, that can uh, frame a lot of our conversations going forward. So anyway, I do not recommend you use that approach most of the times you ask for a gift. But many times, uh, think about how you can use that. There's a lot of ways uh, in everyday life you can you can get someone to know, and it'll be a much more effective approach than just trying to get them to say yes. And you know, just starting that, starting off with, "Hey, would it be a completely ridiculous idea for insert whatever?" So anyway, give it a try. Uh, I hope it helps you in either getting visits scheduled or asking people for significant gifts. But either way, give it a whirl. Let me know how it works. And as always, I hope this episode has inspired you to schedule more visits. After all, you're just one visit away from growing your mission and your impact.